Hi, folks. Welcome to the Jet Cetera podcast. Uh, I'm sports editor Steve Lines, and I'm here as usual with our columnist Mike McIntyre. Once again, he's sitting in the big red chair. Episode ten, Mike. Yeah, we we, get we made it. Uh, I, I don't know. Cake. Ten's a ten's a milestone <laughs> birthday, right? I mean, should be right of single digits into double digits. Any that... reason is a good reason for cake, though, Mike. For Come sure, on, right? I'm uh, I'm all for cake. Absolutely. Yeah. I just had a muffin from Guns. It was zucchini, chocolate. I don't know. I don't, I don't think really zucchini belongs in a muffin. Really? Well, sure, I like zucchini, but yeah. um, uh, I I wasn't crazy about it. But anyways. <laughs> Um, best muffins in town for me are tall grass prairie. Well, I, I this actually triggered some deja vu. I remember on one of our podcasts, maybe number three or four or five, you mentioned having a tall grass prairie muffin before. Oh, doing have this. I? Yeah, you have, okay. and you raved about that one. So I can't remember which flavor it was. Probably the morning glory. Maybe it was the morning glory. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, that's a good it. one. That's the standard. what's in the morning glory. Uh, nuts and stuff okay. and fruits, I think, or something. No idea. Yeah. It's kind of like a cross between a carrot cake muffin, maybe. I'm not sure. You know, we'll have to Google that. Yeah, we'll get back to you on that. Maybe next we could have muffins for our etc. For like a milestone podcast. Yeah, people maybe could send them to us. Maybe when we're sweet sixteen or something, people could send them to us. Sure. Did I say that again. Absolutely. Yeah. Nobody. I ever, get a lot of weird mail. Us, I, yeah. I, I've never had muffins sent. Nobody to me. sent us any Christmas treats when we plugged that. They I did just, not. Just saying, folks, are you listening? Anyways, um, we should probably talk some hockey. Folks have probably run to their fridge now to get something to eat. We made them <laughs> hungry. Turned us off. Yeah, like they've turned us <laughs> off. Um, Jets played Tuesday night. Last night, we're doing this on a Wednesday morning, folks. In case you're wondering, uh, last night, which was Tuesday night, the Jets played the final game of their four-game road trip in Washington. They lost in a shootout, four-three. Uh, they were down three-nothing. They I'm going to I'm not going to say storm back because that's not what happened. Um they <laughs> came back and tied it 3-3 three, three, uh etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Anywho, uh the big news though this week uh Mike was the NHL trade trade deadline on Monday. The Jets didn't do anything on Monday, but they did get a couple of players in advance of the deadline, Cody Eakin, a Winnipegger from uh, Vegas. And, um, man, I just can't get this Dylan name. DeMello. Thank you. Uh, they didn't do anything um, huge like they've done in the last couple of trade deadlines when they went out and got Paul Stasny two years ago and Kevin Hayes. Hayes. I always want to call him Myers. Last year. But they probably shouldn't have, right? I no. mean, uh, I would not have um, uh, mortgaged any type of the future uh, to help this team. Well, the last two trade deadlines, the Jets woke up on trade deadline comfortably in a playoff spot. In fact, they right. woke up those tra- past two trade deadlines like near the top of their division. Right. This time around, they woke up below the playoff line, right. albeit one point out, but no sure thing to make it. I mean, this is a... This is touted as a pretty deep draft coming up this summer. Right. And if you don't make the playoffs, you're a lottery team, right? You have a chance. The Jets have already done that once. They won the the line A lottery, right. moving all the way up to two. Um, so if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, you potentially have a shot at a franchise player like an Alex Lafreniere, you know, who's going to go number one. And there's a number of other players. So w- trading the first round pick in this year's draft would have been completely insane. 
um, when you're no guarantee to be in the playoffs. I wouldn't even touch the second round pick if right. I were the Jets, and they right. didn't. Because your second round pick could actually be like a very early second round pick if you miss the playoffs, right. which is almost like a first rounder. So they traded their third rounder uh, for DeMello, and then they traded their fourth rounder next year, not this coming draft, which could be a third rounder if they make the playoffs this year for Cody Eakin. So, I mean, those are minor depth type plays. And and I'll say this about I'm both. I'm not sure I would have even given up that for those no, guys I for wouldn't this have, team, really. But uh, me neither. Um, it, with one caveat, if if one or both of those guys end up signing here, Dylan DeMello, I think, could be a really nice piece on the blue line potentially going forward. I don't know so much about Cody Eakin if his best hockey may be well behind him now. He's got four goals this year. He had 22 last year, though, on a good Vegas team. Uh, but if you sign one of those guys, then you could say, well, actually, it was really worth it. They brought somebody into the fold. And a guy like DeMello, I mean, they need blue liners going forward, right? Yeah. So in that sense, I get what Kevin Shevelyev did there. Like his team has kind of stayed in the fight, as they always say. So you give them a little bit of reward and you look, I mean, the Jets now, Josh Morrissey's hurt. Sammy Niku's hurt again. Uh, I mean, the Jets' blue line has just been... Spies is still hurt. Spies right, is yeah. still hurt. Dahlstrom's still hurt. Right. The Jets' blue line is like the walking dead this mm -hmm. year. So you threw them a little bit of a bone. Adam Lowry sounds like he's nowhere near a return. Brian Little's not coming back. Those are two centermen. You look at what the Jets have had to do up the middle this year. You got Rosovic moved moving back and forth, center to wing, Cop, Cop too, yeah. Wheeler. So, I mean, they're doing a lot of improvising. Cody Eakin's a legitimate NHL center, whether or not he's, I mean, he's probably a fourth liner at this point, but at least you threw a little bit of help to your team. So I don't mind those moves just to see. No, I put it like <clears> that way, I guess. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not bad. But, I, I mean, nothing else should have been done. And, and so in that sense, I know peep, there's people who probably will want to criticize Kevin Shoveldayoff. Why didn't you do something? Your team needs help. Uh, but this wasn't the time. So do you think um, the team plays, um, they got how many more games of 16 games? 17 games. 17 games. games. They play a lot of those against the teams that they're battling. So I, I counted it up last night. 11 of their final 16, because they play Washington Thursday okay. night. But then after, after that, that okay. 11 of the final 16 are against the seven teams that the Jets are closest to right now. Okay. Okay. Nashville, Calgary, Edmonton, Vegas, Vancouver. Arizona. Arizona, Minnesota. Minnesota. Those seven. So the Jets play those teams 11 out of 16. Right. Starting this Saturday night in Edmonton, albeit the game at Edmonton, the Jets start a run of six of seven against those teams right around them. Right. So there's a lot of control your destiny. Okay, so if you were going to guess right now, Mike, do the Winnipeg Jets make the playoffs? No. No, okay. I, no. I would agree. I, I, just, I, don't think, I don't think they're as good as those. a lot of those teams. No. That they're chasing. Never mind the, the 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 schedule. I just don't think that they're as good as Calgary. No. I don't think that they're as good as Nashville. I don't think that they're as good as uh, maybe Arizona. I, think, uh, I don't know. But I don't think they're as good as Vancouver now. No, they went and got Tyler Toffoli. No, and no, Edmonton's no. got the world's possibly no. the two best players right, right they're now. They're not as good as Vancouver. No. no. Uh, and so, um, and you look like the Jets wake up today. They are in a three-way tie for the final playoff spot with Nashville and Arizona. 
I'm not so worried about Arizona if I'm a Jets fan. I am worried about Nashville. Nashville's got a pile of games in hand. I think Nashville is going to get it done. Got a lot of good players in right. Nashville. So yeah. really, I think at this point, the Jets have to hope that these Pacific Division teams, but they ha- they all have games against each other, which is guaranteed points. Like right. Teams are going to be picking up points. I don't see it. Uh, I see them being in it probably to the final week, but ultimately coming up just a little bit short. That being said, how big is that final regular season road trip? Uh, the Jets will play Calgary, and then they'll finish the season in Arizona. Wouldn't that be something if it came down to the final night of the regular season in like a one-game showdown with the Coyotes or something, which would be Jets 1.0 versus 2.0 with a playoff spot on the line? We can... The hockey gods, maybe if they have a sense of humor, will see that to happen. All right, folks, we're back for the second period of our Jets Cetera podcast. Uh, Mike, just before our break, we were talking about the Jets uh, getting into the playoffs and how they, uh, you know, the teams that they're going to be playing. Um, I think the most important thing for them to try to get into the playoffs is that, A, they need to play better. Yeah. Um, And then last night, this is something that I just have not understood this year, and it happened again last night. For the ninth straight game, right? Ninth straight game, folks, uh, uh, just in case you didn't hear that correctly, the Jets were scored on first. Not only that, but they're scored on early in games. It's not like they've played for a period at 0-0 and midway through the second period they give up the first goal of the game. They gave up a game, a goal to Washington in the first two minutes yesterday or around that. And this seems to be happening all season long. The Jets have been brutal, out really, gate. out of the gate all season long. They're not Muhammad Ali <laughs> if they think that they're doing some sort of rope-a-dope. And yeah. I heard this earlier in the year where they were talking about how they liked to feel out their opponent in the first round and get a sense of what type of game it was going to be. Um, I, I don't get that. I would think that you'd want to try to dictate the game. Um, to and, me, that's a huge difference between right? this year's Jets team and the and last, the last, the last two, two years. years yeah. The Jets were the ones that came out. Right. They said to their opponent, all right, this is how we're going to play hockey tonight, right. and you either keep up with us or we're going to blow you away. Now right. it's the reverse. So I actually compiled a list last night about these nine goals because I was curious about when they're giving them up. Fifteen, they've all been in the first period. These nine games in right. a row. Fifteen seconds in, that that's when the streak nice. started. Yeah, yeah. Dominic Kublik from Chicago. Nineteen twenty-five of the first. That's almost as bad. The last well, minute of is. the period, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've almost survived. Right. Uh, Fourteen fifty-one of the first. Fifteen forty-four. Thirty-five seconds of the first. So we have a fifteen second. We have a thirty-five second. That was Dustin Brown. Eleven fifty of the first. Two oh six of the first. 9.58, and last night, 1.55. So that's four of those nine games that they've given the goal in the first two minutes right. of the game, which is almost the first or second shift they, of the game. Do they not know what time the game starts? Is there? I don't know. You think the anthem would this? be the clue, right? Maybe. Like when they finish singing, <laughs> it's time to play hockey. But uh, it's, it's a ballad? It puts them to sleep? I'm I don't know. Sure. I mean, like, there, there are some... Uh, yeah, it's it's... So... I know a lot of people want to dump stuff on Coach Paul Maurice, and I think some of it maybe is unfair, but is that on the coach? To, I don't think so. Is he That's not getting from, his team ready no, to play? No, no, there's no way. That comes from the locker room. Always, I've always heard from this team is that the leadership comes from this locker right. room. Always. Whether it was good, we got a great leadership core, yeah. that's why we play this way, or 
while they never say we have a bad leadership core, they've never owned that at all. So, no, this needs to come from from within, doesn't it? You know, I mean, it's interesting. Mark Shifley, yeah, Blake Mo- Wheeler, whoever the other. Who's the assistant when Mark Morrissey's out? Um, Good question. I if they, I didn't sure. notice Did that they, they had another even? guy wearing a, a letter so, last but night. But that's where it needs to come from, right? Yeah, and, and it's interesting that oh. in this nine-game stretch, by my count, we've now had at least three of those games where the Jets got scored on first, and they to their own admission after the game, had to wake themselves up with a fight. Yeah. Last night it was yeah. Anthony Batetto. And yeah. if you if you listen to Blake Wheeler after the game, like Yeah, let, let's 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 read Blake Wheeler's comment yeah. from last night's game, folks. I've got Are you a, gonna keep the profanity uh, out of it? Because well, no, he dropped yeah. another F bomb yeah, like he likes what to he do. He had to say um in rationalizing uh their game last night. Yeah. We just won't give up. It could have been a 5 nothing game big time. We tied up to be in the fight, have a chance to win in a really tough building against a team that's not too far removed from winning a Stanley Cup and has their sights on winning another one. It's a pretty big step in the right direction for us. What does that mean? It's a pretty big step in the right direction. This is game, what, 60-something? Yeah, yeah, 65. We should be uh, past why, the point of taking steps. And, and that and that year that the Caps won the Stanley Cup, the Jets went to the Western Final. Right. So this is a team We're that's also not pretty that, not far removed. Right, not far removed from, <laughs> right? Like, it just seems that game after game after game, Mike, there's some sort of rationalization yeah. or reason or excuse or like made up wow we moral victory yeah, type yeah. of thing this is pardon my french folks bullshit the I, I sort of laughed at that quote last night from wheeler i was thinking it's akin going back to my crime days praising his team for how they valiantly came back would almost be like uh, an arsonist sort of praising about how he keeps rescuing people from fires yeah, when yeah. he's the one setting, right. you know, so he rescues people after he sets a house they on fire. Terrible. The jets are, the jets are digging themselves right. their hole. And then they're kind of saying, Oh, good for us for getting <laughs> right. out of the hole. Yeah, that's well, not what quit happened. putting yourself in a hole. Exactly. The capitals were, the capitals have not been playing well lately. Like and they had four frankly, wins in 12 games right, coming in. Last they night. kind of collapsed really. Sure. They kind of put, take their foot off the, uh, off the uh, pedal and, and then the Jets kind of got lucky, and then I didn't. I didn't think the Jets were actually particularly good eh, in the third period. No, not really. Um, quick admission time. I actually PVR'd. I watched the first period. My son had a playoff hockey game last night, so I PVR'd periods two and three. I watched it when I got home last night, so I didn't see the the collapse or comeback, if you want to phrase it that way, live. But I saw it after the fact. I didn't think the Jets actually. It was more about what Washington stopped doing. I, I, actually I, reminded sure. me a, a little bit of how the Jets have sometimes played when they get a lead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean they were lucky to get out of Washington with a with point, point, but yeah. um, and coming off two really disheartening efforts on the weekend. I mean that game, especially Buffalo on Sunday, they had no shot. They were down a goal to a weak Buffalo team. They had no shots in the final nine minutes of the game, and they couldn't even, they barely could get out of their own end in the final two minutes. Like they looked. So, what is it? But I, so I hear, I hear though, they still are, I'm not sure exactly how they still are in a playoff uh, battle. Um, Mostly I, Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, I, I guess. And, uh, and, and, the occasional good play of these. Well, and they do have five forwards. guys with 20 plus goals. They I do. think Jets and Tampa are the they only do. teams in the NHL right now that have five 20 goal scores. Right. So, so that can... will mask a lot of 
errors. Yeah. So, but I don't know that they are deserving of a playoff spot, and I just, I just don't see them making one. Yeah. No, I mean there is that old sentiment, right? Just get in, and we have seen teams that squeak into the playoffs, and then they go on a improbable run. I think the Kings won a cup quite a few years ago as the eighth seed that just got in. I just don't see. Um, I mean. The, this Jets team, yeah, the, uh, to me there's too many holes and I guess we'll see what, what the status of Josh Morrissey is. Like, he's now missed two games. They're not really saying what the injury is. Uh, if Josh Morrissey's out any length of time, I mean... The... So the big big thing I took away also from this week, Mike, was from your column and Kevin Sheveldayoff's availability on Monday in the trade deadline is that he didn't do anything at the trade deadline but man, oh man, oh man, oh man, he's got some significant work ahead he of does. him this summer if the Jets are going to get back to being a team that is competing for a cup as opposed to just maybe getting a wild card playoff spot. Yeah, and I would say there's immense pressure on him to do that because, I mean, barring some big trade this summer, you still have those five 20 plus goal scorers. Yep forwards you still have Josh Morrissey and Neil Pionk on the blue line and you still have Connor Hellebuck right. and all of those guys are signed long term so this is not a rebuild you have you know five legitimate NHL forwards two legitimate NHL de defensemen and a bona fide Vesna trophy you know candidate in goal that's a lot and you're going to have a ton of cap space like a ton um with especially if Brian Little can't come back and mm. I found it interesting Kevin Chevalier sort of talked to be I mean I'd say the door is open there for Brian Little's career to be over um because he talked about we're going to need to see how it plays out this summer like if Brian Little doesn't come back add that to Dustin Bufflin's eight million Dmitry Kulikov's four and a half Parole. the Jets could the Jets could have like 20 plus million dollars to play with and still a strong nucleus in place so it, it, for sure the pressure is entirely on Kevin Sheveldayoff to fix what is broken and clearly there's a lot of things broken with this team all right folks we're back for the third period of our jet cetera podcast we call that the cetera uh, part of our uh, little uh, spiel here mike where we chat about some things other than the winnipeg jets and um frankly i'm i'm, I'm glad for that <laughs> Um, at this moment, anyways. Um, so a couple things. Let's talk about uh, this. Is uh, We've never spoke. I don't think we've ever mentioned this word on a podcast. Oh, I let's, know what you're going to say. Let's use the word curling. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the Manitoba curling teams are uh, rocking it. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Uh, both of our, both uh, the, the junior, uh, Canadian junior champs who are both from Manitoba won the world championships over the weekend in somewhere in Siberia or something like yes. that. And then you're uh, not exaggerating either. I no, think it is in Siberia. It was in Siberia, right. yeah. Somewhere in Russia. People use that Siberia. as an expression in <laughs> Siberia, but this really was. <laughs> it really was, yeah. <laughs> and then our uh Einerson uh, won the Scotties. Uh what a final. The... I actually I was glued to it on wow. uh, Sunday. I know I really was. It. I was. It was it was great theater. <laughs> Those last couple ends were were dynamite. Uh, I mean I heard, I read about it. Yeah, I, yeah. I can't say that I watched it. I think I was watching Netflix Sunday night. There's a really good show on Aaron Hernandez. I, it's on my list you of, must watch I'm going to watch it on the next road good. trip for sure. It's really, three really parts, good. right? I think like five. Okay. So I'm through three. Yeah. And, uh, for those people who don't know, Aaron Hernandez was the New England, New England Patriot, Patriot guy who 
went on a murdering spree. Right, he's turned into a murderer. Yeah, like wow. one of the best players in his position. Yeah, it was, it's, it's really quite, it's a fascinating uh, uh, documentary. Um, anyways, um, uh, again, we've gone off on a tangent. Yeah. But Anderson, that's what Carly? podcasts are for. They are right? absolutely. Let's just there's no script. There is no script. This. Yeah, well, we have a little bit one. We here, do. <laughs> so, um, and then now, sh- and then now, the briar starts. This weekend, uh, Saturday, um, for those who are listening to this next week, yeah, <laughs> Jason Gunlickson uh, will represent Manitoba there. So, um, has there? You would know the answer probably to this. Has there ever fault? been a time when the men's and women's and Yikes. junior team, like, has that ever happened? I a complete no across the board sweep? Um, I, I I don't know. I'd have to Google that. Sometime. Now, I was talking with our resident curling guru, Jay Bell, who okay. will be covering the Briar. He actually. Th- he told me that he thinks Manitoba's in real tough at Where, the, the Briar. briar? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a strong Briar. Sure. Yeah. So he's going for his record fifth title. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, the chances maybe of that happening would be a great underdog story. I if love it Jason Gunlickson, though. Yeah, he's, this is a guy. He's he, We've been covering him for years. Yeah. At one point in time, he was this long-haired young fellow that went off to Russia again to help uh, coach their Russian national team. I remember we did this big story on him, and he went over there, and then he's come Grow back. the sport. And, and he's done a lot of different curling. I was I was kind of glad to see him finally break through and, and win a uh, provincial title anyways. For sure, because it's often been the same few yeah, guys that yeah, they sort Mike of rotate McEwen, around. Uh, and, um, Prior to that, yeah, I mean, Stout and Burtnick, those guys kind of had a, uh, a lock on it. So, yeah, it's nice to get some fresh blood and see what he can do, but... I mean, Manitoba's always been, it's always between, it seems, Manitoba and Alberta, right? That battle for curling supremacy or who who can lay claim to they having the been. best I curlers. Think they hold the record for the most titles in the men's, I believe, and yeah. women's. I mean, there's always been strong Manitoba curlers, female and male. So, um, so yeah, it would be quite an accomplishment sure. if Jason Gunlickson could go there. And, and to have the uh, both junior teams win. Clearly, the future is pretty bright as well for yeah. the sport. Yeah. There's a. I saw a note from our our publisher Bob Cox. There's a connection to the, one of the junior teams. Did you see the uh, email yesterday? Somebody who works here. Well, I think someone's son was on the men's Something junior team. Like that, yeah. 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 So I guess way to Have go. Have you ever curled? Uh, I've done it a couple times just for fun. Me too. Yeah. And I was I terrible know at it. Nothing about the strategy of it. No, me neither. But I do. I, I enjoy watching it um, for the strategy more than anything. Have you ever gone and watched it live? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I did uh, years ago here in Winnipeg. I'm trying to remember. There was some some cash spiel event, and I think my dad got free tickets, and I went with them. And it was down at uh, I think it was down at Max Bell Center or something, and. Yeah, it was there's some big name curlers. Did you like it? it was yeah, it was interesting, very interesting. Probably be fun, like a Briar or something. I mean, Melissa Martin who covers. I like it way better on TV. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it's. I got a bit of a taste, I guess, of covering a Grey Cup, of course, this last November, and I mean, the Grey Cup is almost as much about or more about everything else going on around it. I almost get the sense like the Briar, the Scotties, is sort of the same way that. There's the event, but then there's also all the other yeah, stuff that all of is that sound, memorable stuff that surrounds it. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So the other, th- what else is going on in the world of sports? Baseball is starting <laughs> up spring training. Um. So let we, me ask we, you: Are we going to see a beanball fest well, when the regular season starts? I, I'm I'm not sure how that's going to go. That'd be interesting. So for those of you who are just joining the baseball scandal, the Houston Astros cheated uh, over and over and over. They won a World Series and. Um, 
there's a growing sentiment in Major League Baseball, especially from the players, that the Astros should be stripped of the title. I would agree with that. I would also agree that those players who made half a million dollars each off the win yeah. should be forced to give that money back. How about and the t- commissioner when asked recently why he didn't strip them of the World Series title? He said that he didn't see the point in taking a piece of metal away from them. And he got yeah, roasted. For, he referred yeah. to their championship as yeah, a, piece a piece of, of metal. metal. Yeah, so I guess that's what they're playing for. Um, yeah, uh, he's he's not the oh. best commissioner that I've ever seen in any sport for sure. And seems to be a little tone deaf on this whole controversy i think it's it's a no-brainer that they should strip this team of their championship they cheated right i mean if you cheat for the, the olympics, olympics they it's it, for lose anything, your medal for you, sure you lose it yeah and i i don't understand the reluctance it doesn't necessarily do it. mean you award i think it was the dodgers no, they beat. You so you just that. have no champion then right in, yeah. in the books yeah i don't think that you can then give the gold medal to the right. dodgers yeah. and the optics of letting these guys keep i think it was like four hundred eighty-seven thousand yeah. dollars. that's ridiculous yeah, like, yeah take that away from them donate it to a charity or something yeah um if if nothing else uh, yeah, I mean, that's just ludicrous. And now, I mean, in, we're in spring training, of course, and naturally the Astros are getting booed everywhere they're playing, yeah, including by their be. home fans. Yeah. People are bringing trash cans to minor league parks now in spring training, smashing trash can. I mean, I can only imagine <laughs> what this is going to be when the season starts in like a month from now. It's going to be an absolute circus. And uh, several pitchers have sort of hinted that there's going to be some Astros that are probably going to have to. And it's so ridiculous. You know, this is a uber, uber, uber talented team. Right. Like they have so many good players and so many good hitters and really good pitchers. They, I don't know why they felt they needed I to wrote, do this. Uh, wow. I wrote a column a couple of weeks ago on this. And as I, I used the old expression, the cover-up is often worse than the crime. In right. this case, the way that everybody's handled this, including the the owner of Houston who had that press conference that will go down in infamy where he said in a 55-second block, the cheating in no way helped us win the World Series. <laughs> and then 55 <laughs> seconds later said, I didn't say that that cheating didn't help us win the World Actually, you did less than a minute ago. He contradicted himself. I mean, that well, was... Well, of course it helped them. Why else would they have done why it? Why would right? they have done yeah, it? Uh, yeah. So... Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. The players are angry for sure, and um, I, I suspect there's going to be some Houston batters that are going to be pitched high and tight here early yeah, in yeah. the season. All right. All right, folks, we're back for the overtime of our Jets Cetera podcast. Uh, Mike, you had a, uh, a really good uh, chat with uh, Bombers CEO Wade Miller um, last week, right? Yes. Um, now, um, the Bombers, of course, everybody knows they won the Grey Cup, uh, finally. Uh, Wade um, has been uh, kind of quiet. Um, yeah. Surprisingly, I've known <laughs> Wade Miller a long time. Uh, Wade's never been one to uh, be quiet or uh, about uh, success. Um, uh, but they've had a really, really, really good offseason, I understand. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about your conversation with Wade and how he's feeling about about the Bombers. Yeah, I mean, you, as you say, Steve, you know him a lot better than I. You'd almost think he'd be taking a bit of a public victory yeah, lap here, sure. right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. maybe you know yeah. a, a big screw you to yeah, critics, and yeah, there there yeah. were many. Yeah, there's been there's been no short of Wade Miller detractors over the years, for and, sure. And I would have been one of them. Questioned why they gave him the job that they gave him, and 
Well, I will say I was wrong, man. I mean, this guy um, has uh, stabilized this franchise. Right. He's uh, put in a really, really good solid marketing plan. He's um, he's uh, stayed with the coach and the general manager and and um, he deserves a lot of credit yeah. for the success of this team. A lot of people might say, like, because he's a former former player himself, yeah. what does he know about business? But he's actually fairly, because he, he owns a bunch of Booster Juice franchises. He, does, he started right? a really good HR firm yeah, called so Pinnacle. The guy yeah, so the yeah. guy clearly has business acumen. He's not just some dumb ex-jock who kind of nope. was granted nope. uh, a title out of... I've been told by n- numerous people who... I mean, I go to a trainer who used to be the trainer right. uh, with the Bombers, and nobody worked harder uh, when it came to you know, working, uh, trying to get themselves to be ready for sure. a game than Wade Miller. I have so heard that he can d- be difficult to work for because uh, he expects, right. I guess, a lot out of people around him, which can make yep. a, a boss difficult. Um, I'm not like that. No, no, you don't expect anything. <laughs> you have no no expectations for me, Steve, which is great. Um, <laughs> We're gonna have a meeting now. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> into my office. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, I caught up to him. He was actually in Toronto because he's wearing a few different hats. He was actually there for um, Canadian Premier League soccer meetings oh, yeah. in Toronto because okay. they've right. got Valor, of course, under their. So uh, yeah, he said that he gave me some numbers. I mean, he said that. Just in the few weeks from the Grey Cup to Christmas, the Bombers staff alone filled like 6,000 merchandise orders, which he said is unprecedented for them. Uh, I don't know how many others would have gone, say, through the league, but he said they were kind of run off their feet. Season ticket sales, he didn't give me an exact number, but he no, said they never will, they've yeah. already blown yeah. away last year's numbers. Um, he said something interesting. They Normally the Grey Cup, the league takes the Grey Cup back around this time of year from the winning team. Wade Miller said, I asked nicely, which I, I I take to mean he probably just told them, no, we're keeping it. So they're keeping the great cup. I actually asked Wade if he had had his day with the cup, what did he do with it, that sort of thing. And maybe deferring or being a good leader, he said, actually, I'm going to be the last guy to touch it. I haven't had it yet. I'm going to wait till everybody else, staff, whatnot, have kind of had their, their day with it. And then... Uh, and then he'll, I guess... Did he say what he was going to do with it? He didn't. He said he didn't know what he's doing with it yet. So maybe he'll go parade it at Portage in Maine. Or maybe he'll parade it outside the free press office here, Steve. <laughs> Just walk outside your office with it. Um, so it's been a good uh, it's been a good off season for the bombers and um and it's been a different the thing that i like most about it it's been a good di- different storyline uh, which we always appreciate sure. it's and, not the same and, old and, same and, and i and i've been i'm happy for the long suffering bomber fans uh, that they've been able to celebrate yeah. this all year yeah it's funny he he said we talked about willie jefferson as an example of a guy who took less money to resign here in winnipeg he could have made more in toronto or hamilton there are offers on the table a few other guys as well it sounds like left some money on the table and he said what a difference when he came on board in 2014 2013 2014 he said there were free agents we'd go after that didn't matter how much money no we threw at yeah. them. They no. kind of laughed us off. Yeah. They wanted yeah. nothing to do with us. Yeah. Now it's the reverse. And you're right. I mean, the the on-field product aside, just the business side of the Bombers seems to be healthier than it's been in a long, long time. And he's the boss, so the, the buck kind of stops with him. And yeah, he deserves some credit. Okay, folks, we're going to wrap it up. Um, this is episode 10 of Jet Cetera. We'll be back with you with episode 11 in a couple, couple of weeks. weeks. And we'll be that much closer yeah, to the we'll end of the regular one. season. We should know where the Jets are at that time, I think, and so we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll have muffins, too. Somebody send them to us, hopefully. All right, take care.